0: In moments of crisis and confusion, your sanity is hinged on what you do with your mind. Here's everything you need to know to stay fearless and calm during crazy times. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, here to shut down the enemy's lies in your life. I do it live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central right here at kylewinkler.org slash live. If you can't catch me live, then catch me on the Shut Up Devil Show podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, and I know that's where a lot of you are listening already. Well, I love the feedback that I'm getting from all of you who listen on how this ministry is helping you, whether it's this show or the Shut Up Devil app or the books, everything that we do. Susan wrote to me recently. She found the Shut Up Devil app through a class that she's taking. She said, I've been a Christian for 30 years, and it's just been in the last two or three that the Lord has been revealing thoughts and patterns from a traumatic childhood. I feel like my brain has been wired to view everything from the lens of fear. You're not alone there, Susan. Lots of people do. But she says she's now more hopeful than ever. I'm so thankful for your ministry that teaches people to practically apply God's word in the area of renewing our minds. Well, Susan, thank you for writing, and I'm so thankful to hear that it's helping. I'm also so thankful to our partners who helped me do this. If you'd like to help reach more people with me, through truth that changes minds and lives, please. Will you consider a tax-deductible donation? You may give it at any time at kylewinkler.org slash donate, and on that page you'll learn about the gift that you receive for your donation of any amount. Okay, I think we'd all agree that these are challenging, confusing, crazy times. Some think things have never been crazier in all of history. I'm not so sure about that, but no doubt. We have unique challenges that weren't a thing even a decade ago, much less hundreds of years ago. Especially given our access to technology and media. There are so many voices, so much information. We don't know what to believe. We hear facts, figures, and stories that all disagree with each other. Opinions inundate our feeds, and that can be overwhelming. When I was recently thinking about the feeling of it all, It reminds me a bit of one of those tire swings in a playground. you remember one of those from your childhood? I don't know if they're still allowed on playgrounds today. Probably not. Not many of the things on the playgrounds in my childhood are allowed anymore today. Not metal slides, not merry-go-rounds, not jungle gems, it seems like. So I guess that's all kind of crazy that they took that stuff away. And I guess it's because of crazy lawsuits and things like that. But Anyway, the one that I'm talking about now is a tire laid flat, connected by three ropes that come together to a point. So when someone pulls it back, it spins, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's a tire swing. I remember being on one as an adult some years ago. And while I was spinning, someone asked me what direction I was spinning in. And after a while, I was so disoriented that I didn't know. I couldn't tell you. When I thought I knew it was always the wrong direction. Well, I learned a valuable lesson from that tire swing that day. When you're in a moment of crisis, when everything's chaotic confusion and is spinning around you, you can't rely on how you feel. Now, feelings can be a guide. They're good at telling you when something's off, kind of like symptoms. You can use them as indicators to help you diagnose something. So I'm not saying never feel anything. God created feelings. But to be a guide, not a master. You can't rely on feelings to tell you the whole truth, nor to really help you make decisions or make complete sense of things. You can't even rely on how you think, because most of what you think you know will be wrong because your feelings and your sense of what's right is deceived and disoriented by what's happening, by everything that's spinning around you. Now, obviously, in the case of a tire swing, you can jump off of it, and it might take a couple minutes, but the dizziness will go away when you do. You can't do that in the swing of life, can you? I think we all love to hop off of some of the craziness these days, but we can't. Yet we still have decisions to make. We still have lives to live. So what do we do? Well, first, if there are any around, you can look to people outside of your situation that can see it objectively, and you can ask them. When I was on that swing, the person on the ground knew what direction I was going. I could listen to him. These days, many of the people around us are spinning too. So in some ways, it's the blind leading the blind. And that's why God has given us a trustworthy source that's outside of our circumstances and not dependent upon a single person. A source that's stable. A source that's sure to help us to have a sound and steady mind in crazy times. It comes from his word. It's his truth and his character. God is steady and stable. He doesn't change. Psalm 119 says his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We have to look to his word to inform our thinking and deciding not to our circumstances or what's going on around us or even what we feel. Look at 2 Timothy seven. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, of power, love, and a sound mind. That verse there makes a great declaration. And we like to quote it in times of fearfulness, and we should. But I want to explain this verse of what Paul meant when he wrote it to his young ministry partner, Timothy. In his letter to Timothy here, Paul begins by reminding him of the strong faith that he has and the spiritual gift that he was given through the laying on of hands. Paul encourages him to fan the flame of the gift. And you know, fanning a flame makes the flame more intense. That's what Paul was getting at. So it's after this that Paul tells Timothy for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love, and a sound mind. In saying this, Paul was encouraging Timothy to be bold and smart in fulfilling his call at a time when their fellow Christians were being persecuted. It was a time of great fear, craziness, and that's why some of the reason I say that today probably isn't the craziest time in history. Back then, Christians were being beheaded. So I don't think any of us listening are dealing with that kind of threat right now. Still, we can allow Paul's words there to transcend time and speak to us today. And what it says to us is to be bold in the face of crisis, to do what God has asked us to do. Your calling in this season of life might be to parent your children. God's asking you to face every fear that stands in the way of fulfilling that call. You might be called to be a business leader, and God's asking you to face every fear that stands in the way of fulfilling that call. You might be called to be a student right now. Boldly do what you need to do to fulfill those responsibilities. Ministers, don't cower and shrink back in a moment like this, lamenting over the decline of attendance or getting caught up in fruitless arguments over philosophies that are here today and gone tomorrow. Rise to the challenge of your role to stay true to the gospel message and to depend on the gospel message to do whatever work is necessary in the culture. Today. The verse says that we've not been given a spirit of fear. The word for spirit there is pneuma, which takes on different meanings depending on its context. Sometimes it's a spirit like the Holy Spirit or an actual supernatural being, you know, that comes to manifest or live in something. Other times, pneuma is wind. Other times, it's kind of the essence of something. But in this case, It's a frame of mind. So the verse basically says, as Christians, God has not given us a fearful frame of mind, but one that is powerful, loving, and sound, which also means sensible and disciplined. A sound, sensible frame of mind is key to fearlessly doing what you're called to do in crazy and chaotic times. It's key to making decisions in crazy and chaotic times. It's key to staying calm in crazy and chaotic times. I want to show you how. How to stop all the spinning, at least in your mind, and make it stable. First, I'm not going to belabor this point because I talk about it so much in my book, Shut Up, Devil. But since the mind is where fear begins, it's where fearlessness must begin too, because everything trickles down from here. I say it so often, but the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your thoughts. In Romans 12.2, the Apostle Paul says that transformation happens through the renewal of the mind. In Philippians, Paul encourages us to think on good things. Think the mind. The New Testament word repent means to change your mind. Lots to do with the mind in the Bible. In Shut Up Devil, I illustrate the influence of the mind through a quote that maybe you've heard. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. What's your habits? They become your character. What's your character? It becomes your destiny. So it starts in the head, trickles down, and influences all the rest of you from how you feel to what you say. And that all eventually changes your life, for the better or the worse, depending upon what you let in. And that's all it takes is to let something in, just one thing in will affect you. I mean, just the suggestion of something can infect your life with fear and get you spinning out of control. I'll give you an example, real example from my life. Maybe four years or so ago, some friends and I were out near some trails in our area and it got dark. The trails there all stayed open after dark, so we thought it'd be an adventure to go down one of them. It was paved and it looked legit, so it wasn't, you know, all that risky looking at least. But it was kind of shrouded by trees, and as it got darker and darker, it grew eerie looking. We didn't know how long the trail was, so there was mystery to that. We found out it was about two miles long. But when we didn't know, and we were maybe three-fourths through it, when somebody mentioned people had seen bears in the area well you know that's all it took to freak some of us out and from that point on every leaf that fell and every sound in the woods we interpreted as a bear that was waiting to get us now i later found out that the florida black bear isn't dangerous they're more scared of us than anything but Facts wouldn't have mattered anyway, because feelings took over. Just the mention of one thing was enough to infect us with fear for the rest of time. And this is how the devil will even use so-called facts to fool you. I preach on this a lot, but it's always worth repeating. Second Corinthians 10, verse 5. It's kind of a go-to verse about handling thoughts. Let's look at it. Speaking of overcoming false thoughts, Paul says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God. The word there for arguments is in Greek logismos, which is the word that we get logic in English. It's fact-based stuff. Lofty opinions also means arrogant interpretations. I think some translations put it that way. We all know what the knowledge of God is. It's the truth of who God is and what he says. It's the gospel message. So Paul basically says to shut down interpretations and opinions that prop themselves up to be more real than the truth of God, than the knowledge of God. But those can be tough to discern, especially in crazy times, because you'll hear something that's a fact, maybe something about your situation, about our world, or about your life. And you'll think, okay, that's true. But the fact isn't the problem. It's what you're made to believe the fact means. The interpretation is the problem. And often it's made to kind of seem like the interpretation is the fact or part of the fact. It's not. For example, when it comes to God's character, the interpretation might sound like God is mad or God is bad. And that interpretation could be based on a fact that you're having financial hardship or something unfortunate happened in your life. So you're being told... God is mad and God is bad as if it's a fact, and it's not. That's an interpretation based upon what's going on in your life. When it comes to your life, your character, your situation, it could sound like you failed at that. You'll never succeed at anything. The fact might be that you did fail. It's the interpretation that's the lie. It could be that you have these symptoms, so you're going to die. And yes, you might have those symptoms. The interpretation that you're going to die is the lie. And to make it worse, the natural mind tends to default to worst-case scenarios. This is psychology 101. When the human mind doesn't have all the information for a particular subject or situation, it tends to fill in the gaps with worst-case scenarios. This is how rumors and paranoia spread at work. It's how symptoms turn into a death sentence when you're searching Google or why you think unanswered text messages mean that somebody is mad at you. It's how crackling leaves and sounds in the dark become bloodthirsty bears. Our tendency toward worst case scenarios is part of the knowledge of evil that we received as part of our fallen conditions, and it's why the mind needs constant renewal. Now, relating this all to the times that we're in, a key to a sound mind is to guard yourself from making decisions or coming to conclusions based upon interpretation or speculation, and that runs rampant these days. You have to train your mind when you're watching the news, reading things, whatever. You have to train your mind to discern what is fact and what is the interpretation of what you're reading or listening to. And that's called critical thinking. These days, most of the news is filled with few facts and mostly interpretation or speculation that they are trying to merge with the facts. But yet it's not the fact. That's why these days I won't even go near speculation If I can help it, I won't deal in hypotheticals. It all gets too wild. And it might be because I've been around media and production stuff too much, but I've just, I just know that it's all written from an angle. I've seen it. It's written to be sensationalized for views and clicks, it's designed to look out for a bottom line, not for you. Remember that and think through the headlines you hear or reads that it doesn't cause you to spin. Now, of course, it's good to know the facts. We have to be wise and we have to be aware. But the minute that somebody tries to tell you this is what it could be, oh, that could be a bear that's out to kill us, you have to check it against absolute truth. And, you know, that's a big part of Israel's story of seeing a fact and then thinking about what it could be and spinning out of control based on that, God promised them a promised land. He told them to spy out the land. And I think he just wanted them to be aware of what was ahead of them. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with preparation. Nothing wrong with forecasting. But all the spies except for one came back afraid because there were giants in the land. And that was a fact, no doubt. There were giants in the land. But they interpreted that fact to mean the worst. They interpreted the fact in a way that didn't include God, didn't include his character, didn't include his promise. And we're going to talk more on that in just a minute. But back to 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. How? We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, I know that a lot of us have heard messages on taking your thoughts captive. It's hardly a new message, not a revelation to most of you. But I like how the New Living Translation puts it. It really puts it in a bit of a different light that I think will be helpful to you. It was helpful to me when I first read it. It says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them, teach them to obey Christ. So basically, Paul says there are thoughts and opinions swirling all around us. And boy, isn't that true. And many of them are rebellious, which means they are in opposition to truth. They're against God. They're against the gospel. So what do we do? We settle them down and sit them in their little seats. And we teach them the truth. We teach our thoughts. We teach our minds. And in the remainder of this message, I'm going to give you two ways to do it. That's going to give you that sound mind that God promises. No matter what's going on around you, you can stay stable and calm when everything else is spinning with these two things. The first way is you give your thoughts proper perspective. You've been tuning in for a while. You've surely heard me say this. I also wrote about it in my Shut Up Devil book. The University of Cincinnati, and there have been others, I think Pennsylvania State or something like that, Penn State, did a study on fear. They all concluded close to the same number. At least 85% of what you fear never actually happens. Others went as high as 90%. So, something that's helped me with fear is when it pops into my mind, I think, okay, there's a nine out of 10 chance that it's not going to happen, at least not the way that I fear it will. And that's the truth. Most fears are just make believe mind games. Remember that. And also, remember how I mentioned that Israel didn't include God in their interpretation. We have to be sure not to make that mistake, because the enemy wants you to forget that God is in your present and forget that he's in your future. Trying to show you a future that God is not in is really the bulk of most of our fears. That's why we have to be sure to call his character to mind and bring it into the situation. Sure, without God, all bets are off, but his character is faithful and he promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And even better for Christians, it says that God lives in us. He's not going anywhere. So you always have to include God in any equation, and God in a situation will change everything. I mean, it has so far in your life, right? Have you considered that you have a 100% survival rate for difficult things so far? I mean, you're still here. Nothing that you feared would kill you in the past has killed you, right? So, when a fear pops into your mind, teach it perspective. Bring it the right perspective. Tell yourself this probably isn't going to happen. And even if it does, I have a 100% survival rate so far. God's grace has got me through in the past. It's going to get me through again. Now, it might not be fun to go through, but it's not going to destroy you, your kids, your family. Like I said, God got you through back then. you got to believe. you got to say it. He's going to do it again, again, and again. That's his history. That's his character. You have to have that perspective. The second way to teach your thoughts is to tell them the truth. The truth of God's word, of course. I like to do this through the power of declarations. That's Why I created the Shut Up Devil app. I think on these things journal. It's a principle behind many of the resources that we offer. Now, right up front, just so there's no confusion, let me say that declarations aren't meant to tell God what to do. I never teach that. Declarations aren't magic words. Declarations are useful to help get your mind off of your situation and in alignment, agreement to what God says. That's where the power is. And I say that from personal experience. God designed words to have that kind of power. We explored that in the last couple of messages. Words have restorative power, healing power. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. So there's confidence, faith that comes from words. I said it last time. Science is realizing all of this. It's discovered that we believe more of what we hear ourselves say than what we hear ourselves think. So reading truth and thinking it over is great, certainly. But speaking it adds more senses to the experience. It involves more of us, which helps it to stick. Psychologists call that stickiness. I remember some years ago, I needed to do something very difficult. And for weeks, I would put my head on the pillow at night, and fears would race through my mind about it. But if I was going to do what I believe God was asking me to do, I had to stop the fear. Obviously, so I found the verse in Deuteronomy thirty-one, eight, where Joshua, where God is speaking to Joshua about going into the Promised Land. Remember, a land that the spies said were filled with giants, from a report that gave them fear. Well, God said. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. From that single verse, I personalized a declaration that I constantly thought and spoke during that time. It was simple. I said, God is here even in the places that I fear. He's gone ahead of me to prepare the situation so that it's ready when I get there. So whenever the fear popped into my mind, I'd remember and speak that God is here even in the places that I fear. He's gone ahead of me. He's preparing the situation so that it's ready when I get there. Time and time and time again. And by doing that, I was teaching my mind the truth and bringing my thoughts into agreement with God's word. And it was doing a work of renewing my mind, which is what Paul says brings transformation. And guess what? What I feared didn't happen. I survived it. And the truth prevailed. So, staying sane in a crazy time all has to do with your mind, not the actual situation. You can't control what's going on around you most of the time. You can't control the people around you. And often trying to control that actually just makes things more crazy for you. So not about your situations. Has to do with your mind and keeping proper perspectives and telling your thoughts the truth. That's what's going to calm down that mind. Tell it the truth. Get the perspective about who God is and who you are. He's good he's dependable, he's for you, he's with you. He's with you now, he's with you in the future, he'll always be with you. And in Christ, you're good, you're forgiven, you're clean. In other words, here's a declaration for you that kind of summarizes it all up. God is good and I am good with God. That ought to bring you some peace and fearlessness for sure. Now, I'm going to pray for your mind, but before I do, let me tell you how I can help you on this subject. I designed a resource to help teach your thoughts the truth. It puts the power of thoughts and the power of words at work to change your life. It's right here. It's my Think on These Things 30-Day Scripture Reflection Journal. The journal begins with a chapter about mind renewal. See there? It says, start here. Then each day for 30 days, I present you with a grace-based, love-based truth from God's Word. And then journaling prompts beside the scripture are designed to help you teach your thoughts truth in a way that sticks with you. It's a practical but powerful resource, and you may get your copy of it, this Think on These Things 30-Day Scripture Reflection Journal at kylewinkler.org slash journal. That's kylewinkler.org slash journal. Before I close the show, I want to offer you a prayer, a prayer for your mind. As it's often said, the mind is the battlefield. So we can use as much prayer in that area as we can get, I'd say, to pray this with me, will you? Lord, in this time of confusion, Help me judge fact versus fiction. Protect me from becoming critical or conspiracy-minded, but keep me sensible and alert to reality. And when that reality is uncomfortable, help me to process it through the truth of your word so that I remain hopeful. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil Show. Remember... God is good, and he is for you, and we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, and wherever you get your social media. Don't forget, wherever you're watching or listening, to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show, and share this with your friends too. I'll see you next time.